0: Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, uh, there's a Bible in the row next to you or on the lamp on each side of you. Uh, but what we do at Church Project is, is we go through the Bible. Uh, we take it verse by verse, little by little, and, and our goal is to fully expose the truth that God has given us in the Bible. So we've been going through the book of James for the last maybe four or five weeks. What you're going to start experiencing here in a little bit, though, is you're going to experience a little bit of popcorn, like, like, we're going to be going forward in James, but then we may back up a little. We may hit something. Then we'll go forward in James. Like, this is such a this is such a good book. How many of you have read James? Okay, hopefully a lot of you have read James and you enjoy it and you're, you're kind of pre-reading it. Uh, but we're, we're glad that you're here today. And we're going to look, actually, we're going to move into chapter 2. And we're going to look a little bit, just the first four verses, five verses of chapter 2. If uh, you have your Bible, open it up to James chapter 2. Verses one through four. If you have one of those blue Bibles, you can find it on page six hundred and ninety-nine. So just turn to page six hundred and ninety-nine near the end, and that's James. So, hey, before we get started today, I want to take a a few minutes just to talk. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Bill's laughing. Okay, don't worry. No, no, no. Pictures are coming up on Bill. Well, they might be in a little bit. That's all right. I want to talk. uh, Just let's just talk for a little bit. So. If you're a first-time guest, this is a little awkward, sorry, and you're welcome, all in one. But we're going to have a little family talk. We're just going to talk a little bit about church project. You know, we've been moving for the last four or five years, four and a half years as a church, God. Got started this thing and started as project Salt and moved into church project and then we had two churches merged together and uh, the church at day spring and that happened you know about a year and a half ago and so we 've experienced a lot of things together as we 've been moving together um, as you were here last week, we got to experience again the church growing. <laughs> The big capital C church growing as the Shelton's, you know, stood and announced that they'll be going on to a different church. And that's, that's always painful, isn't it? But that's always that's always very joyful at the same time. The setting of James, as James is writing this, he's writing it. A bunch of Christians are together. They're, they're, they're having a kumbaya kind of time. And then all of a sudden, the dispersion starts happening. Persecution starts happening. And this kumbaya, like let's hold hands and be a church and, you know, share spaghetti and all that together, splits. And, and it starts going out into, the, into the, the wilderness. And it starts just going everywhere because of persecution. And we can mark it back and go, this, this is actually how the church has grown because of that. And even, we fast forward to today and and last weekend, and we see the church growing again. But it's painful, and it's hard to do that. And it's fun to watch as God grows His church. We very specifically named this church, but we also named it Project. The name of our church is Church Project. A lot of you are like, that's a stupid name. Sorry, we're not very creative. It's the best we could come up with. But Project, it's true. Project, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what God intends. And I love that we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what God intends. Like, raise your hand if you got it together. If you know what Jerry, Barry does. I got it all together. Like, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what God intends us to be as a body. There's always moving pieces. There's always moving parts. It's organic. It's, it's a family. I don't know how your, your, like, physical family, biological family operates, but ours can be chaotic, huh, Grandpa? Huh, Lord? Ours, ours can be Chaotic, and we don't have it figured all, all the time, but we're moving together as a family. Church, we're moving together as a family. I want to talk about a, a few things. One is, as the Sheltons have left, Emily was a huge part of Project Kids. You know, Emily and Aaron ran, ran the director. They were directing Project Kids, and that's, that's a big thing. Um, I would say this, in order for the family to continue to operate the way that we operate, some of us may need to step up and start volunteering in Project Kids. I'll just say that. Welcome aboard. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to move as a family. And so, you know, we say cute things like, if you have a kid in Project Kids, we ask you to serve one weekend a month, one parent one weekend a month. Uh, we'll move it beyond that and say, you know what, maybe God is actually prodding in your heart to serve in Project Kids. Let's do it. Let's just, let's get together and start moving together as a, as a family. Not only Emily active, and I mean, they were so active in so many areas. Jason was an elder, a teacher, a house church pastor. I mean, whoa, <laughs> like a lot, a lot going on. And, and you know what? And even, even now, quite honestly, we had three house churches. Now we're going down to two house churches, okay? And the two house churches we already had were very full, One meets at Jason Furman's house. Very full. There's a lot, you know? That's okay. That's okay. We don't have it all figured out. And as God grows the church, we're going to have to move together. And there's going to be some pieces that that we just go, you know what? We'll figure it out as we go along. But here's the deal God's not impressed with our just incredible vision statement, He's not impressed. Like you, you could come up with all of the crafty words you want and the best vision statement ever, and God's like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> like, that doesn't impress me. Like, I made all this, right? So our goal isn't to just stick by our vision statement that we believe God has given us, but our, our time right now, especially as our body, as we're moving and growing and changing and we'll continue to do this, and we're talking honestly, is to say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's not to rush and just start filling holes and start doing stuff to make sure we move together as church project in unison. Like, okay, let's do this thing. No, our goal, and I feel like God is really telling us right now, just as a body, to slow down. Relax. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Okay. We don't need to get trigger happy. We don't need to start running a thousand directions and worrying and stressing. But God's saying, hey, slow down. Don't rush. Listen for my prompting. Like, if not, it's about us. And that's about the worst case scenario I can think of. You know, it's if it ever comes about us, that's the worst case scenario. I remember the worst Sunday of Church Project. Well, one of the worst. We've had had many bad Sundays, mainly because of my perspective, right? But I, I can think... One of the worst Sundays of Church Project. I, I think I left, and I'm like, I quit. I'm done. I hate this thing, right? And this is what it looked like. The worst Sunday was in our tiny little building. If you, can, if you were, have been around for a long time, it was in our tiny little building. we just moved into this thing. And, oh, yeah, that was nice because before then, we were meeting in our living room. That's awkward. That's weird. So it, it was the worst Sunday because I remember getting up and leading worship, if you ever lead, heard me lead worship, it's it's just not as good as Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy's very talented. I led worship for a lot of years, but now I'm an old man, so I sing old man style. And Jeremy's great. So I, anyway, I led I was leading worship uh and Zoe was running the sound, and then uh Lauren and Audra, my my other daughter and my wife were up leading Project Kids, and and then I got up and and gave the message and I was thinking, what is this? Like This is terrible. It's like the Haven Show. Like, what's going on here, man? It's like a nightmare. What's going on here? I remember leaving going, God, I quit. And he's like, good, it's about time. Like, every week I would quit. He's like, it's about time. It's not about you. It's not about just what you do. It's not just about what your family can do. But I've got this thing called the family, capital C. And it takes all of us moving together to do this thing. God has grown us a lot since that time. I mean, numerically, you know, spiritually, relationally. We, we've grown a lot, and we're still immature. Like, if you think of it in years, like, we're, we're just a four-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> They're real mature, aren't they? Like, this is our organization. This is, this is what God has done. This is his church, and we've grown a lot since that time. We have a long ways to go, though. It takes all of us moving together. We're better when we're alive. We're better when we're, we're in our spots and when we're in our sweet spots as a body. Like, we're, we're better. I, I love watching Jeremy lead worship. Like, that, that's his sweet spot. That's what God has gifted him to do and move together, and I love that. And we're better when you're in your sweet spot serving at, at the body of church project, whether it's house church or project kids or going on mission trips, whatever it may be. We're better when we serve and we're alive individually. It's God's calling and it's God's joy in each of our life to be a part of his body, to be an active part of his body. So there's a little prompt. There's a little talk about Church Project. But I also want to take off our hat a little bit more and talk about where we're at, even, even in our eldership and even in our roles at Church Project. I want to be vulnerable and honest and, and have something for you guys to begin to pray about for our church. Um, this past year, we've, we've had men moving together and rolling together in the form of eldership, and it's been awesome. You know, there's eight of us. Moving and doing this thing, and it's been beautiful, and it's been awesome. And recently, though, about four or five weeks ago, we met together, we prayed together, and we removed the title of eldership. We removed the title that's given as leaders. And what we said at that time was this, if we're leading by title, then we have a problem. We better be leading by calling. And we entered into four weeks of, of praying. And the four, the four weeks that we were praying, we did three things. And, and this is the questions that we needed to ask as elders of your church, leaders of Church Project. Here's the three questions. One, is God still calling us to be a part of Church Project? That's a good question to ask. The second question, is God calling me to serve at Church Project? That's a good question to ask. And then the third question is this. If so, if if God's calling me to be here and calling me to serve here, then what is it? Like, what's that role that I can plug into and come alive in? What's that thing that God has brought me to his body to be a part of? What is it? And that's my prayer, is that God puts a burning desire in each of us, and it grows into us until we just can't get away from it. Like, we're so alive, and we see this thing that that we know we can contribute to his body and be an active part of, and, and we just can't get away from it. Like, God is putting it in our role and in our path and we know that that's how we are to move together as his body and this is what I love to see I love to see people that are actively plugged into his church because it gives everyone else permission to do the same to lead and to come alive to be contributors and part of this thing that moves together it takes all of us leading his body so this is what we know We know God has called us to be a beautiful church. We know that we've already matured, and we have a long ways to go. We know that. We know that God has purposed us here to be in Greeley, and we're so excited to be here. We, knew, we know who we are, and we know where we're going, and God continues to clarify that every day, but this is what I want to encourage us to do, church project at large. This is what I want to encourage us to do. Take time to trust him and know that he has each step planned out ahead of us, like, Trust God for what he's going to do. We know we're going. We don't know exactly how we're going to get there. We don't know the equations along the way that may move and change as this body moves together and God is in charge of growing this thing. We don't have all the answers for this. We're a project, an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended to be. This is us. And that's okay. Because we know where he's taking us. And we know why he's taking us there. So, would you take time to pray for us as your church? As God is doing some new things, he's building up different people, he's equipping each of us to be an active part of his church. Would you pray for us? Would you pray for our leadership? We have a financial board of directors that, that looks over everything that, that comes into that cute little Kleenex box, all our tithe and everything, and looks at budgets and, and votes on those and approves those. And and we, we know we have organization stuff that's working, but I'm telling you what, as we look in this next year and, and we see what God has for us, I don't know exactly what He's gonna have for every single step of every single day, but I do know by the end of the year, God's will we're all gonna still be here, and God's will is we're look more like him then than we do right now and God's will is that there's more hope and Greeley because we're here his body moving together and pushing back the gates of hell because God has asked us to do so that's why we're here so it's going to be uncomfortable at times we're going to have to stand up and go yeah remember when we had three house churches now we only have two and they're going to be crowded we'll figure it out it's going to be okay relax a little Let's take our time. Let's trust that God is building a beautiful, beautiful church. We, again, will have elders. We believe in plurality of of eldership and what that looks like. But we're going to take our time, and we're going to see what God does. We're going to see who he builds to be leading this church at large. So church, we say this to say this. Pray for us. Pray for your church. I'm excited. There's so much going on. There's so much that we can celebrate. But it's quite honest. Satan wants to take us out. He wants to take us out individually. And he wants to take out this body. So pray against it. There's so much that we can celebrate what God has done. Um, we, we even had the marriage retreat yesterday. I think we have a picture of that. I mean, look at look at this thing. And Bill, sorry, you are in there. But no, no silly face. I, I could have put a silly one up, but we didn't. But this is incredible. Down down in Denver, the last, you know, yesterday, we went there Friday. um, This is the marriage retreat that's happening. I celebrate this. This is our, like, fourth marriage retreat that we've done. I celebrate this. This is happening because what God has continued to do here at Church Project. You can take that down, okay? (laughs) The fact that we need more help in Project Kids, I celebrate that. I mean, have you been over there? You've seen all the kids we have? I celebrate that. Like, that's a good thing. This isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing. Jeremy, I mean, maybe you've noticed, but right in the bottom part of this, this, this thing right here is something you're supposed to do legally when you project lyrics on a screen. You say who writes it, all that stuff. Look, look in that area right there. Because more and more you're seeing songs that... Yeah. More and more you're seeing songs that say Jeremy Ishida or Brittany Ishida. More and more. Why? Because I call it the first anointing. Like, I celebrate this. God is giving us the songs. Like, he's giving it. Jeremy's writing these things. Brittany's writing these things. And putting us together to write with, with people that, you know, all around, you know, America that are phenomenal. Like, I celebrate this. God is using these songs to bring himself glory and praise in Greeley. And it's just not going to stop in Greeley, by the way. I think the song they wrote today is down in Carl Springs at Well as well at a big church down there. Like, listen, church. There's so much that we can celebrate. We can talk all day about things that we want to celebrate. In fact, I know it's weird. Uh, You know what? Here we go. We're gonna open a mic. Don't believe me. We'll get we'll get to James (laughs) too. I want two, maybe three people that says that that you know maybe God's pouring something on your heart. What's something that we can celebrate at church project? I didn't ask anyone to do it. Who wants it? Awkward, isn't it? (laughs) Is this too awkward? I thought it was going to be cute, but it might be too awkward.
1: Um, I'm a part of the Women's Bible study, and we're studying the armor of God. And through the study last week, God just laid on my heart to be more intentional in spending time with him. And I don't know how he does that because it's, my life is crazy. But he's opened up time to where I finished the entire lesson <laughs> this week, which is the first time. And I just, I really appreciate that the women in that group um, and Tiffany leading that, it's just been an amazing journey through this study with them. And I just would not have been a part of that had it not been for Church Project. Mm.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Who else? Bill? Oh, no. This is dangerous. It is dangerous. <laughs> uh, I just want to celebrate a fantastic marriage retreat this weekend. For those of us that went, it was more than we could have asked for. Uh, no hard pressure or anything like that. Those of you who didn't go that are married need to think about it for next year. Uh, it was just wonderful to get together and and uh, feel God working through that body of people and, uh, and that joy, that, that fun of getting together and having just a great, great time in Denver. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just something to celebrate. You guys really put on a wonderful, wonderful prize for us to, mm-hmm. to be able to celebrate. Jeremy, uh, you organized it and just, just a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been better. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Holler up. Who wants it? Ryan? No, I'm, I'm just saying pass it down. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's like, oh, no. What, dude? You're a singer-actor, bro. Come on, man. Well, uh, I think one thing that, uh, as somebody who uh, leads a nonprofit in town, a parachurch ministry, um, I think it's pretty neat, and I think it's something to celebrate oh. the fact that we have um, not just Youth for Christ people that go here, but Young Life, FCA, um, Campus Crusade for Christ, um, Spring. I think that's uh, something that's definitely worth taking note of is that all these other parachurch organizations find this body to be the place that feeds them so that they can go out and feed other people. Anyone else? Last chance.
1: Well, I, I guess I talk a lot, or maybe I don't talk a lot here, but uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm just uh, super thankful to be a part of this uh, church. I think there's been, kind of like Aaron, probably the past four years, there's been a few times where I've been wondering if it was even the place that I should be. Um, but I know for sure it's a place uh, I should be. Uh, I get supported so well by all of you. Um, uh, I mean, I get paid, so that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then I'm just kind of free to do a lot of really sweet stuff. So I thought I'd share a couple of the things that like I get to do. Um, so along with writing those songs, like I've actually been writing, like able to write with some really like some people that I really look up to and like have actually loved their music for a really long time. Um, and so through a kind of what we're doing here, I'm able to actually go out and write with these other people. Like he was saying, um, a friend of mine at New Life, um, the director of worship actually at New Life in in Carter Springs, him and I wrote that last song together. And we're intending to, we're actually writing together on Wednesday, and we're intending to start writing together, like, regularly. And uh, it's just crazy to be able to do that. Like, um, most churches, I don't know about most churches, I can't even say that, but, like, most things that I see, like, have have been like kind of uh doing church stuff for uh themselves and i feel like the model of this and and what what i'm able to do and what we're we're able to do together is is that like we're able to actually like impact the world through um this little tiny body here whether it be just through songs or uh whatever it is I, it's just amazing i love being a part of this i think uh this place is really, really special. I've been to a lot of different churches and seen a lot of great places, but, like, the, the family that we have here is wonderful. So thank you for letting me get to do what I get to do. Um, and also, I went to the Super Bowl last week, so. <laughs> Drop the mic and walk off. Just like that, man.
0: Jeez, That's why his hair is orange. We had a prayer at the marriage retreat, and I want to pray it over us as, as a church. We're His body. He loves us. Isaiah fifty-eight eleven says this, and the Lord, the Lord will guide you and continue to satisfy your desire in scorched places, and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Amen. It's a prayer over each and every one of us. That's a prayer over our church. So thank you. I love doing this thing together. Let's just go. Let's get this thing going. All right, let's just get into James 2 now. James 2, page 699. We're going to do uh, four verses. This is what it says. My brothers, show no partiality. And if you look that word up in the original text, partiality means no special recognition or to hold them in special high esteem. So, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold, I love that word, hold the faith in in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Verse 2. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you say, pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Wow. Wow. This, this gathering that we call this thing on on Sunday mornings, should be the most inclusive and loving place that you've ever been this entire week. It should be the most inclusive and loving place that you've ever been this entire week. Now, keep in mind, when James is writing this, he's not necessarily writing it to the world, he's writing it to the church, church, Christians, believers. Hey, listen, as you get persecuted and as you come together and you gather together, remember, don't do these things. Say saying, this should be the most inclusive and loving place that you've been all week. Jesus is writing, and he came for the Jews, the elite, the chosen, but he also came for the Gentiles. And he also came for you and I, that we would know the love of Jesus. And, and he's writing to us, and he's saying, listen, as you come in here, don't put your nose up in the air and act like you're better than everyone else. Like, remember who you are. What I've done, how much I love, not only the Jews and the, but the Gentiles, and how much I love you. If you've ever been to um, Waypoints Church, they meet on Friday nights and Tuesday nights. It's a, it's a great place led by um, Todd Welsh here, here in town. And If you go to Waypoints Church, God has uniquely designed them. Like you will go and you will smell body odor. A lot of homeless people go there. You will, also, you will also smell other substances, a lot of marijuana, a lot of alcohol. I mean, you're going to experience a lot when you go there. They're, they're a body that God has I mean, he's, he's brought a unique body together, but I tell you what, it's a little more rowdy than what we have right here. A lot of homeless people, they have a food kitchen. We're starting to partner with them to help with the food kitchen as well. Like they're Doing a unique thing right there. But I tell you what, I, it's almost like, what would we do if a homeless person walked in and sat right here, right now? Would we just kind of go, ooh, and just kind of move over and kind of scoot over and go, oh, you stand over there. Like, what would we do? This should be the most loving and inclusive place that we go all week long. Jesus came. And we are the ones that he came for. We are the poor. We are the shabby. We are the non-deserving that God loved. Do you remember that? This is who Jesus came for. So in my life, I've I begun to pray against entitlement. That I deserve this. That we deserve this. And humbly accepting, and loving, and serving, and that we, especially as his, as His body, when we gather together on Sunday mornings, we'd be a people spurring each other on to love and good deeds. That we'd be a people, a body, moving together. For we all need to remember Romans five eight. But God did not. But God shows His love for us in that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We need to remember this church, and and James is reminding us, he's he's writing to the New Testament church, and he's saying, as you're getting persecuted, as you're moving about, as you're getting scattered, as the church is growing, as you meet together, some of you, we might have problems, like we get to James 2, and, and you're showing partiality. Why are you showing partiality? Favoritism within the church, or reverse side of favoritism, would be what? Discrimination within the church. And James is saying there's no place for that. As you live out your faith, there's no place for that in the body of Christ. The season that we just entered in, if you received our email this week, we just entered into Lent. And by the way, if if you are not receiving our weekly emails, on the chair in front of you is a response card that you're sitting on. Put your email address on there and put it in the in the offering box. But Lent, we move into this Lent season right here, and it's all about the gospel. That's what the Lent is all about, the gospel. It's a time to narrow our focus. Narrow our focus of the church. Narrow our focus of what God has done to us, his death and his resurrection, and what he's done for his church, and to narrow our focus on Jesus Christ and to turn from our sins. And to trust his atoning work in our life. It's a time of self-reflection as we focus on what he's done. And quite honestly, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's a good place to start as we pray against entitlement. As we pray against pride. And we say, God, break our heart for you. Let us remember who you are and what you've done for us. Let's look at our text here. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold to the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. If you look at verse 1, a word jumps out called hold. And in the original, it sounds like echo. That's the original for the word hold. And this means hold the faith to have life within oneself, to be alive. And so when you look at it and you read it in its context, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith. Be alive in your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. To be alive, to hold fast, to stay with it. It's already in you. As Christians, we are the only creatures that have ever been creative to walk and to have life within us. Not only life that we live because we have blood and we have oxygen, but we have life within us. And we're the only ones that can hold on to that life that is within us. Like that is a special creation that God has died for. And and that's what we remember during the Lent season as we lead up to Easter. That Jesus died for us, that we can hold on to the life that he has given us. So let Christ begin to work on us. That we can be enchanted on, about who he is, enchanted by Jesus. That we would keep our eyes focused on him and realize that he's the source of all life that is within us. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. Not about our vision statements. Not about having this, 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 this thing that's polished and just looks great but about being an organic body that moves together, celebrating the life that's within us, realizing that He died for our sins as we focus on Him and we celebrate the life that's within us. This is church. The only way that we're going to be able to do this is by paying attention in verse in, in verse 3. So in verse 2, look, it says for if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in and and if you pay attention to the one who wears fine clothing, this pay attention means to look on with favor or to sp- or to give them special attention. In essence, and maybe we've done this in our own life to follow the money trail. To think, what can, what can this person do for me? Hey, come here, buddy. Oh, but you, you don't have a lot of money, not a lot of resources. You smell like BO and alcohol and everything else. Stay away from me. And we begin to put ourselves in the entitlement state. And we begin to think that, that we deserve and, and we can rally around this. But while we'll push off the rest. And God's saying, don't you remember? Like from the very beginning, you were the one that smelled like BO. Don't you remember that? That I came in, and I, and I cuddled up, and I embraced you, and I loved you, and this is what this whole thing's about. How can we move from smelling like B.O. to saying, stay away from me, B.O.? Entitlement. Pride. And quite honestly, let me tell you this, just structurally at Church Project, this is why I don't know who gives a penny. I don't know what you give to Church Project as far as tithe. I don't want to know. I don't, want to, I don't even want to have the temptation to go, oh, this person gives a lot of money. Let's get together, buddy. <laughs> I don't even want to know that because I know the, the, the places that I can go, and I don't want to go there. What do we need to set up in our lives that just removes entitlement from us, removes pride, and, and puts us in the place of what Jesus did? What did he do? He served to the point of death. What do we need to do to even serve his body to the point of death? I guarantee right now, if you're listening to the Spirit of God in you, he's prompting something in your heart. He's saying, I created you for a very special purpose. Even if it's part of church project, let's go, let's do this thing. If it's not, hey, let's bless you, get on down the road, do what you got to do. But this is his body, and if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, he's prompting us, he's speaking to you right now. Let's go to verse 4. By the way, we used to have a clock over there on the wall, but Jeff Davidson broke it playing dodgeball in here the other night. So if we go late tonight or today, it's because I'm not looking at the clock, so. Love you, Jeff. Where's Jeff? Oh, there he is. I love you, bro. Verse verse 4, we're almost done. Uh, Look at verse 4. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Judges, one who reaches a decision, passes judgment. We can do that when we're full of entitlement, when we're full of pride. When we begin to point at other people and say, you sit by me, rich person, talented person, smelling like perfume person, but the rest, you just just get away from me. We become judges. There's a hip. Guy that Jeremy loves to listen to called Justin Bieber. And one of Justin Bieber's most famous songs right now is You Should Go and Love Yourself. You should go and love yourself. You ever heard that? Shannon, come on, girl, you know it. I actually really like it too. <laughs> Did I admit that out loud? Yes. Wow, he's good, yes. You should go and love yourself. I mean, listen to that song is funny. I'm not I'm not saying go listen to it, but really do. Um ju- Judges like you begin to judge other people and you get so you get so proud that the people even are repelled off of you you 're like okay that, that guy is that woman is so full of pride i don 't want to be around them. they judge everything that I do, they judge the way that I dress, they judge everything they have entitlement and pride that that 's rolling up in them and and they, they they just judge me for everything that I do if you 've ever been hurt in church, you know what this is like. I remember when I lived in gunnison i was I was a A long time ago, in college age, I was, long hair, I think I even had it red, dyed a little bit, you know, hoop earrings, yeah, I had had earrings, a snowboarder, what's up, dude, like, snowboard, but I love God, I, I love God, I just didn't look the part, I guess. I remember going to you know, Baptist organizations on campus and going to different places and walking in and feeling so much judgmentalism. Where I'm like, honestly, quite honestly, I would rather hang out with, with my friends. who, By the way, I wasn't doing drugs. But I would rather hang out with my friends that were doing drugs and far from church because I felt more acceptance with them than I did the church people. The people that were supposed to embrace me and love me, and the people that, that I'm like, I love you. I love Jesus. I love everything about it. But I, I, because I looked this way, I was accepted more over here than I was even on Sunday morning or at my, little, my Baptist college places. Have you ever been hurt in church? Have you ever come in and someone judged you? It doesn't feel good, does it? How dare us repeat the offense? How dare us repeat the offense? Like, we need, to, we need to look at everyone in this room, and we need to say, how can I serve you? How can I love you? We're the body of Christ as we move together. And we can do that because remember what God has done for us. I'm going to give you an illustration. It's not woe is me, but it's just for illustration. If I stood up and had a nice suit on today, some of you might expect me to speak a little bit more eloquent, eloquently whatever. I don't have a suit on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if I, in the reverse, stood up and had pajamas on, you're like, okay, that dude's a bum. <laughs> like, I can't even take him serious. Like, are you kidding me? You already begin to judge. You already begin to think. You are, we already begin to put categories on things. Or, or even, yes, last week we had a few misspellings on PowerPoint, didn't we? We already begin to judge. We already begin to project. We already begin to do things. I'm not saying just to go to drive guilt home. I'm just saying as illustration, it pretty much is every Sunday, I'll be done speaking, and someone will be like, Aaron, I got to tell you something I didn't like about your message. And on the reverse of that, I'll have someone say, Aaron, this was an incredible message. I've learned a long time ago not to hold compliments too hard or complaints too hard. And trust that the Spirit of God is doing something here. And as a body, we're not judging each other. We're not saying rich man who's got it all together, who can speak properly and tie the whole lot or whatever it may be. Come on in. But everyone else, stay on it. No, James is saying this. He's saying this. We're his church. Let's love each other. Let's move together as we push back the gates of hell. And let's have a good time doing it as we support each other. I want to end with this. It's Romans 12, verses 9 through 21. Love would be a better action than judgmentalism. Showing favoritism, discrimination. Love is just going to be a better action than that. And James is right in the early church in these first four verses. And he's saying, remember, do this. Love. So let's jump to Romans and let's look at what it looks like. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. If you're following along in your Bible, you're going to get confused because I'm going to read out of the message version, translation. So it might do you better just to listen. Love is a better option. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. This is what it says. Love is... From the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends. Who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame be alert servants of the master cheerfully expectant don't quit in hard times pray all the harder help needy christians be inventive in hospitality bless your enemies no cursing under your breath laugh with your happy friends when they're happy Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, give him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Love is a better option, church. Let's take heed to this as we think of his body, his church, that's imperfect, this project, that's moving together in uncertainty. But we know the end result, and we know where we've come from. And let's spur each other on to love and good deeds, and let's not judge. Let's not show favoritism. Let's not be discriminatory. I'm going to ask us right now, if we would, to just get it into a moment of reflection. Together here in a minute, we're going to do communion together. I can't think of a better way to just praise God than in this place, even as his body, as he's talking about just being a body that moves together in unison without judgmentalism to do communion together. And so, would you just quiet your heart and quiet your mind and begin to just just pray, say, God, God, what are you showing me today? What, what is your scripture teaching me today? What is your Holy Spirit prodding in me today, in my heart and in my mind? Just spend a couple moments in silence today, saying, Daddy, Father, please speak to me. some of us in this place, we really need to just say, God, would you please forgive me? Life really has become about me more than I thought. I'm always longing to be comfortable, I'm always longing for the best, I'm always pushing forward, but man, I I have forgotten where I've come from, I've forgotten what you've done for me, and how you've asked me to do that in this world may you please please bring me into the eternal reality that this is about you, from you, and for you, and that you have forgiven me of much, and you've asked me to do the same, to reflect your glory everywhere that I go, and all of my life, the way that I speak. some of us as we're sitting here, God's stirring in our heart just a love for his church, even his love for church project. For what he's built here, the relationships here. Maybe we should enter into a time of just praying, God, what is it that you've brought me to church project for? Specifically, how can I serve? How can I be a part of your body here, God? And then all of us, if we would, just Seek our hearts. Just say, God, seek my heart, my mind, my life. If there's anything that I need to ask forgiveness for, God, would you please forgive me in this moment? Things that don't line up with the way that you've asked me to live, God. Those thoughts, those actions, those attitudes, whatever it may be. God, I ask, would you please be number one in my life and forgive me of these sins? Purify me. Make me more like you, God.